If you are looking to elevate your leadership and drive your nonprofit forward, I invite you to subscribe to the Successful Nonprofits newsletter. Every week, I curate exclusive shareworthy content that sparks inspiration, innovation, and conversation. From the latest trends to timeless advice, the weekly email newsletter is your all-access pass to a treasure trove of resources. But receiving the newsletter is not just about staying informed. It's also about getting our best content first. Subscribers get first access to our newest downloadable templates designed to propel your leadership and amplify your impact. And that's not all, my friend. We are constantly working on new ways to support you and your mission. So as a subscriber, you'll get updates on our latest projects, opportunities to participate in surveys, and a say in the topics that we tackle next. You will essentially get me as a consultant, coach, and confidant in your inbox, ready to help you navigate the challenges of nonprofit leadership. So if you're an executive director, board chair, or a nonprofit leader who believes in making a difference, join me as a newsletter subscriber. Visit SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash newsletter to sign up today. And now, friend, let me take you to the episode you've downloaded. Welcome to the Successful Nonprofits Bonus Break. I'm your host, Dolph Goldenberg. The Bonus Break is a short episode you can listen to while taking a coffee break and get the added bonus of making you and your nonprofit more successful. Produced as a companion to our longer Successful Nonprofits podcast, the bonus break covers all of the topics you care most about, professional development, fundraising, governance, board relations, marketing, and more. And today's podcast undoubtedly talks about something that you care deeply about, and that is taking a vacation. Last month, I was speaking with an executive director who shared that he had not taken a full week off in over 18 months. I am certain that I cringed when he said this, despite my absolute best efforts to not have any observable reaction. Every year, I take at least one extended trip where I completely unplug from work. No email, no voicemail, no check-ins, none of that. But I used to be one of those people who never took a vacation. Literally, I actually remember myself going 18 or 24 months without taking a full week off. And then I burned out pretty bad. And the only way back from that was to take time off. So I learned the hard way that all too often we are so busy taking care of our organizations and our families that we fail to take care of ourselves. As months of continuous work stretches into years, our passion and our zeal just slowly drain out of our bodies, and we actually begin to resent our work. Now, when I ask someone, why haven't you taken a vacation, it normally comes down to two factors. Some will tell me they cannot afford to lose the time at work. They're like, I am so busy, there's so many projects, the organization will not continue without me. Others will tell me that they don't have the financial resources to take a trip. And then a few people will say that they can afford neither the time nor the cost of a vacation. If this sounds like you, if it's been more than 12 months since you have taken a real vacation without working, 
then this bonus break is for you because I'm going to share some ideas about finding the time and the financial resources necessary to give yourself a break. So it is always, always easier to plan your trip at least a few months in advance. In fact, my husband and I plan our big trip. We take one big trip every year where we unplug from the world and we reconnect with each other and we plan that trip about a year in advance. So the first thing you've got to do is pick a date. I know that sounds simple, but look at your calendar. Look three, six, nine, twelve months out and say, okay, these are the two weeks or the three weeks that we will be gone. And quite frankly, I always encourage that it be at least two weeks that you take off. And here's why. For most of us, it takes a full week to stop thinking about work. And so we are not fully relaxing and rejuvenating and reconnecting with our loved ones, quite frankly, until that second week. Now, once it is on your calendar, you've picked the date, you've blocked the time, tell your friends, your family, your team at work, if you report to a board, your board, or your boss, that you will be unavailable during that time. And with enough lead time, everybody, including yourself, can start to figure out how things will get taken care of without you. These might be work-related things like who will be trained to process payroll. Or it might be personal, things like who will visit mom at the nursing home on the two Saturday nights that will be gone. Now, a few months before your trip, just start to gently remind people in meetings and conversations when you will be unavailable. And so, for example, if you're planning an activity or a meeting or an event at work and everybody's got their calendars out and someone suggests the date that you're going to be away, you can just very nicely say, well, you know, I'm going to be out of town that week. We can do the event then, but I just won't be here for it. And also use your one-on-one check-ins, whether it's with people who report to you or the person that you report to. Use that one-on-one check-in to remind them when you're going to be out of town. And most important, you have to plan around the trip and really protect your vacation dates. I would also, by the way, not recommend scheduling anything the day before you leave or the day you return. The day before you leave is a hectic day. You're trying to get some projects finished. You want them wrapped up before you go on vacation. And if you schedule five meetings, you're going to be stressed out the day before you leave and you're going to step onto your vacation plane stressed out. And I also encourage you not to schedule anything the day you return from vacation for a really similar reason. You're going to come back. You're going to have 250 emails because you've disconnected and you've not been checking email. So your first day, really, you're going to walk around. You're going to talk with coworkers. You're going to find out what happened. You're going to check your email. You're going to reconnect back into work that first day back at work. So don't schedule five meetings that day either. What you want to do is ease yourself out and ease yourself back in. Now, once you've picked the dates of your vacation, go ahead and book your tickets. And so, for example... This year, for our big annual trip, my husband and I are going away for two weeks to Morocco, and we're going over Thanksgiving week and I think the week after. So back in February, my husband and I actually went ahead, went online at Delta.com, and we booked our trip. So as soon as we bought our plane tickets in February, we knew that this trip was reality. It was now anchored into our calendar because buying a ticket, putting cash out, is a commitment device. And you know, the interesting thing is, it's now, I'm recording this in May, 
We have yet to book our hotel or plan other activities, but I know we're going to Morocco and I know we're going to have a great time. And the reason I know that is we've already bought our tickets. I've got a plane out and I've got a plane back home. I can figure everything else out when we get closer to the date. The number three point I've got to make is to get creative with your finances, to figure out how you're going to pay for this trip. The other primary reason that people don't take vacations is their personal finances. Now, I have been fortunate to take some very expensive trips in my life, and I've also been fortunate to take some very inexpensive ones because there have been points in time when I'm making more money and there's times when I've made less money. So let me share my tips and tricks for some very inexpensive vacations. The first thing that you can do is to save on housing. So lodging on your vacation is often your single highest expense. So here's some things to think about. First of all, consider a house swap. Does your best friend or your cousin or a sibling live in New York City while you live in Los Angeles? Great. Swap homes for two weeks. And you know, it doesn't have to be big cities. One of you could be in New York, the other could be in Cedar Rapids, or one could be in Chicago and the other could be in Atlanta. It's a new city for the person who does not live there. I also want you to consider hosteling. You know, when I took an eight-month sabbatical, I gave myself a budget of $100 a day. Now, in places like Vietnam, it's pretty easy to get by on $100 a day. But in places like the United States, it is a lot harder to get by on $100 a day, although I was able to actually manage that on my one-month-long trip out west. So to help really make my budget work at 100 bucks a day, I stayed in lots of hostels in the U.S., in Latin America, and in Asia. So first of all, let me dispel some myths about hostels. You're not going to be the oldest person there. I, when I took my sabbatical, gosh, I was in my mid-40s. There were often people in their 60s and 70s, so it's not a bunch of 18 to 22-year-olds. But you've also got to really check out the, option re- the hostel reviews pretty carefully. There's a lot of hostel options out there, and some are a little bit more like a frat house than others. So, you know, you read the reviews, and when you hear that, you know, people are partying all night, you say to yourself, eh, that's not the hostel I'm going to stay in. I'm going to stay in the one that has a lot of really good reviews from people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. And also keep in mind that hostels have a variety of rooms. So there are dorm rooms that you can often get for 10, 15, 20 bucks a night. And then there's private rooms that you might be able to get, depending what part of the world you're in, for you know, 15 to maybe 80 or $90 a night. Another way to save money on your trip is to go when kids are in school. So hotels, restaurants, and everything else are typically cheaper when kids are in school. That's shoulder season. And so, so often when Frank and I go to the beach, we actually go the week after Labor Day because all kids are in school. Not a lot of families are going to the beach. And we can often score a beach house for like six or 700 bucks for the week. It's a lovely, relaxing vacation, and the beaches are deserted. My final tip for saving money is travel internationally over big holidays. So, you know, things like Thanksgiving and Christmas. Fewer people travel abroad during those times, so everything is cheaper. Your flight there is cheaper. Your hotels are cheaper, again, because there's fewer travelers there. And what's more, you can also piggyback vacation days into your trip. So one of the reasons that Frank and I always go away for the week of Thanksgiving and then either the week before or the week after is because he gets Thanksgiving Day as a holiday and then he also gets 
the day after Thanksgiving as a holiday. And so now what he's able to do is get 10 full days off with only taking eight vacation days. Now, I know some folks have been listening and they've said, well, Dolph, this is great, but you know, you and your husband don't have any kids. So we got two kids or we got three kids and that makes trips really expensive and we don't want to take our kids to a hostel. And, you know, we're, you know, we, our kids are in school, so we're not going to be able to go during shoulder season when kids are in school. So if you've got kids, ask a grandparent or other relative to care for your kids. And this will, first of all, make it a grown-up vacation for you. It will make it a lot less expensive. And let me share something with you. Your kids getting to spend time with a loved one will feel like a vacation to your kids too. So as you can see, with a bit of planning and some creativity, you can break through whatever barriers are preventing you from going on vacation. So please, the one thing I'm hoping that you will do from today's bonus break, if you do not already have vacation plans this year, get out a calendar today, figure out when you're going away, and then book your ticket sometime in the next week or two as soon as you've cleared it with whoever it is that you report to. Now, full disclosure, I would also say that once every three or four years, I need to cancel a planned trip. There are times when there are blow-ups or emergencies arise or there's a sudden staffing change and you're not able to take that trip. It should not happen every year. It should be rare. When it happens, you should generally expect the organization is going to pay whatever fees that you and your family incur in canceling the trip. And as soon as you realize you're going to have to cancel the trip, you should make sure that you have another trip scheduled in a few months, two, three, four months. And so this actually happened to me this year. I've had to cancel one trip And Frank and I actually had four trips planned this year. Three of them were for a week each, and then one was for two weeks, so a total of five weeks off. So when you make sure that you plan multiple vacations, it's not quite such a tragedy when you've got to cancel one of them. But again, if you do cancel, there should be the expectation that your organization or your employer is going to be covering the cost of cancellation. And you also should immediately have another trip planned so that you've got something to look forward to once you have dealt with the crisis that keeps you from going on vacation. That's our bonus break for this week. I hope you have gained some insight that will help you go on vacation and help your nonprofit thrive in a competitive environment. I am not an accountant or attorney, and neither I nor the Goldberg Group provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. This material has been provided for informational purposes only, is not intended to provide, and should not be relied on for tax, legal, or accounting advice. Always consult a qualified, licensed professional about such matters.